play. Let's play the game. Oh, so my name's Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi. My name. My, my, my name's Jenny. <laughs> You're Jenny. Yes. Uh, I'm Jeremy. Hi, Hi Jeremy. Jeremy. And uh, we're a podcast called Clash of the Titans. We sure are. And this is, you already know what it is, and now we're listening to it together. You and I, I'm talking and you're listening. And the people at home are listening in the future. Hi, people in the future. That's deep. That's tricky. (laughs) Um, We're going to play, because I am insatiable and unavoidable, we're going to play another game I wrote. Uh, which is called The Statue Got Me High. Jenny, Yay! is there any question you wanted to ask me about this game before we got started? Uh, no, I didn't actually have anything specific in mind. If you wanted to talk, if there was anything you wanted to say about it. Oh, this is could... just like Dinner Bell. This was a game for the Apollo 18 plus 20 interactive fiction tribute album um, that Kevin Jackson Mead organized for to uh write games about we explained it the last time we played yeah it was a celebration of the 20 25th 25th 20th 20th anniversary floods coming up yeah flood 25 is coming up right yeah yeah flood 25 is like next year nice because it was a brand new record for 1990 yeah that's true yeah um and uh, just like Dinner Bell, this game has a bunch of references to They Might Be Giants songs in it. Um, it's called The Statue Got Me High, and I'm going to read the text of the game to you now. <clears throat> John was already on his phone by the time you glanced over your shoulder. He had forgotten the whole joke. He wouldn't have noticed if you just turned around and walked back, which you really wanted to do for some reason. It felt like a pretty stupid thing to be afraid of. You got up with the nerve to walk past the last few headstones, but you kept your head down. You didn't even want to look at the feet. You just kept your eyes on the pedestal, on the exact spot where you finally set down the envelope, and then you turned around. John was still talking to his phone, oblivious. You could feel it, though, like a finger lightly scraping up the back of your neck, and then jabbing into your spine so you had to turn back around and look up at its face, and you thought, right away you told yourself the idea was ridiculous, that it nodded. The Statue Got Me High, a disaster simulator by Ryan Veter with apologies to Johns L&F. Release 2, serial number 140327 in Form 7, build 6G60, I6 slash version 6.32, library 612N. Yay! 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 (laughs) See what happens when you have a proper banner. That's how we do it (laughs) on Clash of the (laughs) Typins. Kitchen. The kitchen, with all its drawers, its cupboards, its sinks and ovens, constitutes Chucky's domain, and he guards it jealously. Usually, you only use it as a conduit between the dining room to the south and the tunnel to the cellar down the stairs. Of course, working in here is part of your job, so you and Chucky have a deal worked out. The deal is, you do not touch anything. Right now is an exception, apparently. John wants you to take care of these, he squawks, thrusting a stack of cards toward you. Uh, Examine cards. As you lean in for a closer look, Chucky draws back, repulsed by your intrusion of his personal space. Just take him, will ya? He growls. He shoves the sacks into your hand, hands and then returns to his cooking. The papers are place cards, which are to be set out at the dinner table so everyone knows where to sit. The forms of the names are inconsistent. The men are John, Miles, Ivan, and Gary, 
but the women are Miss ID and Miss O. But that's not your problem. Your job is figuring out where to put these. Hmm. Um, examine me. You look extremely presentable in your B tuxedo. Classy, but not too flashy. Easy to ignore. Tuxedo B is the most appropriate for these intimate t- get-togethers with John's close friends. Intimate is the word John uses for mixed groups. The parties to which only women are invited he calls friendly, and they require a different tuxedo. Inventory. You are carrying a stack of place cards. Um, the dining room is to the south? Mm-hmm. South. Dining room. The sun is going down outside the western window, and the huge table set for six is a flame in the orange glow. An old portrait hangs on one wall, watching the proceedings with creepy indifference. The kitchen is back north, the den is east from here, and a narrow door leads south to the foyer. Or foyer, I guess. It's foyer. Somebody, <laughs> we're, this takes place in Iowa City, where it's foyer. Oh, yeah? Somebody jumps. Uh, most of the games I've written take place in Iowa City. Oh, I went to college in Iowa City. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, somebody jumps as you walk in. It's John's friend, Gary, apparently startled by your entrance. Uh, examine Gary. Although lacking your boss's level of animal magnetism, Gary Horrible has charm and wit enough to make up for his unfortunate name, Gary Horrible, most of the time. Tonight, he looks like a nervous wreck. There are dark circles under his eyes. His breathing is too loud. His is not a demeanor appropriate to a dinner party. So he's Mr. Horrible. He's Mr. Mm-hmm. Horrible. I just, From the wanted song. Make, I just wanted to make sure I hadn't missed that. Um, right. So uh, what about this portrait? Examine portrait. What song, what song has Mr. Horrible? Someone keeps, Someone moving, keeps my moving my chair. There we go. Okay. Um, I would be delighted if we called out all these references, even though some idiot listening uh, might not be delighted. I say boo to that person. <laughs> Man, I want to see a nightlight. If there's not a nightlight in this game, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Too easy. (laughs) The frame on the north wall is too big to ignore, and the eyes of the portrait seem to follow you around. Eh? Wait, so that's a deeper cut. Is there like, can you move the portrait? Move portrait? Uh, Wait, I'm not done reading it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, This is supposed to be John's ancestor, an old world nobleman also named John. John has offered numerous anecdotes about the subject of the painting, many of them outlandish and contradictory, and you would be inclined to believe that he that he really has no idea who this man is, if the family resemblance weren't so unnervingly clear. But we can try moving the portrait. It is fixed in place. Okay. And there was something about the beginning of the description of the portrait that I missed. Um, like, is a frame weird, or is it... Uh, the frame on the north wall is too big to ignore. Okay. Okay. Um, Examine table. Uh, At other parties, this table has comfortably seated more, but currently there are six high-backed chairs and six table settings. Two each on the north and south sides, one on the west end, and one at the east. This last one, on account of its facing the west wall, has the sunshine, sunset shining straight at it. Okay. So you have to figure out where to put the different place things. Yes. Okay, and uh, there's going to be one. One of the seats is facing light. Okay, uh, and one is the head of the table, and you've got two women. Okay, I get it. Um, so can we go to the? Uh, should we look under the table? Okay. You find nothing of interest. Okay. Um, 
the portrait was the only object in the room other than the table, right? Uh, what about the candle holder? Is that can we examine candle the candle holder? holder? Or isn't it isn't it a blaze with a glow of? Oh, it's just sun. The sun. I was thinking the sunlight. I was thinking there's candles. I'm sorry. You should examine uh, the sun. Examine the sun. <laughs> Look straight. Examine the sun repeatedly. The the setting sun turns this whole room orange. It's so bright you can't even turn toward it without squinting, and yet. It is only a middle-sized star. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yay. Um, beautiful. Uh, so can we, uh, if I just tell you the rooms to go to, can, do you remember the layout? Uh, so can yeah, I go to the yeah. den? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this room is well-loved by many of John's friends, from those he's brought home for the first time because it is cozy and dimly lit, to frequent visitors because they know there's booze in the credenza. The Ooh. dining room is west, the parlor is south, Captain Miles is here, lining up a shot at the pool table. Ivan leans on his cue and regards the table with something like suspicion. Across the room, fiz- fidgeting on a bar stool is Miss I.D. Or is it I.D.? I don't know. How is it spelled? I.D.I.E. I.D.I.D. Okay. Um, I always read it as I die in my head, but that seems like a weird last name. Yeah. Uh, let's say I.D. Okay. okay. Let's uh, let's examine uh, the captain. It isn't clear to you whether Captain Miles's title was earned in the armed forces or signifies his command over some sailing vessel, or else is a nickname bestowed by your boss. Looking him over, the second option seems likely, based on his piped blazer and its nautical-looking coat of arms. John has refen- referred to Miles and Miss Idai as a lock although apparently no formal proposal has been made. Currently, he appears primarily focused on his game of pool. Mm. Examine uh, Ms. Idai. Hope Idai is a disturbingly (laughs) thin woman. (laughs) She's uh, she's two different songs. Okay. Um, And her scarf hangs on her like a Halloween decoration on a dead tree. Her eyes seem to wobble in their sockets as she looks around. <laughs> or, to quote Brad Neely, her eyes float like fish scales across her candle wax stump of a head. <laughs> Sorry. I, sh- I should stick to the things I wrote. Hope. <laughs> Hope is one of the very few female guests you have known John to invite without planning for them to stay overnight. This isn't because she's atta- attached to Captain Miles, either. John has demonstrated on numerous occasions that his hobby is more important to him than his friends, so you can only guess why he hasn't put the moves on Hope yet, although you feel like it might have something to do with how easy it is to discern the shapes of her many bones, hmm. of many of her bones. Um, and then the other person in the room is Ivan, right? Can we examine Ivan? Ivan? Yes. Of all tonight's guest guests... Ivan Worm is the most disappointingly dressed. <laughs> Invitations were meant to be, give the impression that this was a formal dinner, but Ivan apparently thought th- this meant he should wear a ratty blazer over his t-shirt and jeans. He clearly has not shaved for a few days, and if the light in here were better, you would probably be able to see that his fingernails want trimming. You have no idea why John bothered to invite him. What if we talk to Worm? Can we talk to people? Okay. Yeah. Uh, talk to Worm. When Ivan sees you coming, he puts down his cue and takes you aside. Hey, so I figure the cards you're carrying are for deciding the seating arrangement for dinner. Pretty fancy. It is apparent from his breath that he has figured out the secret of the credenza. The thing is, there's two things. 
First thing is, that lady friend at John's, I don't want to sit next to her. She creeps me out. Second thing is, please don't put me next to... He started whispering, and now he cranes his head around the room. You know who I'm talking about. She's a downer. I don't want to sit next to her either. I don't know what Miles sees in her. He must mean Miss I.D. I mean, I know what he sees in her. Her mother has that publishing company, and both she and her mother have mitochondrial and... <laughs> I don't know this word. Mitochondrial encephalomyopathy. Myopathy. Whatever. Good job. Encephalomyopathy is what it is. Yeah. Mitochondrial encephalomyopathy. When when Ivan Worm says these words, he says them so fast and confidently. Wait, so the, so the woman, so the, the, the other woman has myocardial encephalopathy or whatever? Um, he's saying that Miss Idy does. Oh, Miss Idy does. Okay. And her, her mother. And her mother. But her mother okay. is not around. I mean, okay. look at her. She's like a stick, but with the publishing company and she's going to die young. So I can see why Miles would want to get in on that. But that's not really an option for me. So just don't put me next to either of those women. And with mm. that, he finally lets go of you. Let's talk to uh, let's talk to uh, Idy herself. Okay. Oh boy, I get to read this out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Ida looks down at the cards in your hand. Oh yes, there's one thing you should know. I am left-handed. She raises her left hand by way of evidence. If you lack experience with left-handed people, of whom there are relatively few. You may not know about the problems that arise when a left-handed person sits to the right of a right-handed person at a meal. Their elbows often bump against each other. It can be very uncomfortable. If two left-handed people sit next to each other, of course, there is no problem. However, I am the only left-handed person here this evening. I have made sure to check. So please make sure that you do not place me with anyone sitting to my left. I would prefer to have someone sitting immediately to my right. If I am made to sit neighborless at the end of a table, I feel like a pariah excluded from the group because of my unique needs. <laughs> John, your employer, claims to be ambidextrous. However, ambidexterity is a myth. I am sure he has only really managed to use his left hand for specific tasks and only with a great deal of training. No. She pauses momentarily, <laughs> not to let you get in a word edgewise, but to furrow her brow. I thought it was unusual that he would say that about himself. I mind, find that most frivolous claims to ambidexterity are made by Orientals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that certainly took a turn. <sighs> okay, so... Surprise. I, she does sound lovely. Um, so, let's talk to the captain. Uh, oh, there you are, says Miles, as you approach... Listen, I don't know if you've decided who's sitting where for dinner, but I've been getting these real bad migraines lately. Ivan looks up from the pool table. No kidding? I can give you something for that. He pulls a pad of paper from inside his jacket. Miles turns away from you and back toward Ivan. Well, I don't know for sure if they're migraines. I know that I'm really sensitive to light. Ivan is already writing. Doesn't matter. How about codeine? You seem to me like a codeine kind of guy. He looks slantways at Miles for a moment, then goes back to scribbling. Yeah, here you go. You can get this filled wherever. He rips off the sheet and pushes it into Miles' hand. Thanks, Miles stutters before he turns back to you. In the meantime, I guess, I'm just saying, I'd rather not sit in that chair that's facing the window while the sun's going down. Okay, fair Jeremy, enough. are you writing this down? I'm taking slight little notes. Um, okay. Uh, so, okay, so can we go back to the dining room? Yep. Uh, and can we... Uh, so is that guy, uh, Mr. Horrible, still there? Yeah, 
Yeah, can we talk to Horrible? Okay. You open your mouth to speak to Gary at just the moment that he apparently gathers the courage to talk to you. Do you see that painting up there? He rasps, indicating the portrait on the north wall. Don't you think there's something messed up with that guy? He looks really judgmental, right? Like he's judging you, or me, or you. You take a moment to formulate a diplomatic answer, but other thoughts distract you. Why, Gary, are you standing in here away from the rest of the party if you hate that painting so much? What is going on in your life that makes you worried that a painting is judging you? (laughs) Gary goes on without you. I don't like him. I feel like he's looking at me. You know what? When we sit down for dinner, try and make sure I'm sitting somewhere where I don't have to look at him. One of these two seats, he says. He points with a shaking hand at the two chairs on the north side of the table. You nod. Um, okay, so uh, we went... The room we were in with the pool table, is that the den? Yep. Okay. Uh, and what are the rooms from that? Uh, from there you can go to the parlor. If you want to um, go to the parlor. Let's, let's examine the credenza first. Oh, yeah. John says he stocks this credenza with exclusively lower-end liquors as a distraction. But how exactly that's supposed to work is beyond you. Breaking into the cellar and making off with the really expensive stuff wouldn't be that much harder. Can you open the credenza? Yeah. I think. You've been instructed to let the guests help themselves to drinks, and you're not allowed to drink on the job. Mm. Um, let's go then to the parlor. All right. This is your favorite room in the house. The decor is classy enough for guests to understand that they should avoid making a mess out of everything. This is due in large part to the magnificent oriental rug covering most of the floor, and the delicate Sabiku coffee table. Both are in an impossibly pristine condition, capable of inspiring respect from the most boorish of John's associates. John is sitting in his favorite easy chair, smiling absentmindedly. Across from him is Miss O, lounging on the bed, Lounging on the couch as if it were a daybed. Um, let's uh, examine Miss O. I got to type in XO. XO. <laughs> it was really fun <laughs> for me to type. Uh, nice. Miss O detects your gaze immediately and you look straight. And looks you straight in the eye, continuing to chat with John all the while, until you manage to look away. You do not know what this woman's deal is. She seems to be somewhat older and quite a bit wealthier than John, but she treats him like an equal and everyone else like stupid children. You are an exception to this rule. She treats you like an exceptionally stupid child. (laughs) I delivered that wrong. She treats you like an exceptionally stupid child. I love that line. John loves, in parentheses and quotation marks, loves her and (laughs) invites her over at every opportunity. Tonight's event is probably unofficially in her honor. Luckily, she's only ever in town a few times each year. Hmm. And let's look at John. You've worked for John so for so long that you can't decide what you think of him. Is his sarcasm grating or is it charming? Is he really charming or just handsome? Does he treat women like bite-sized Snickers because he loves them or because he hates them? Then when he tilts his head, you realize he's just confident. He doesn't need to be handsome or charming. It's all confidence. Let's talk to John. John looks up at you and switches to a different, broader smile. Hey, everything going smoothly? Oh, you got the place cards. You know, it doesn't matter to me, but you probably should go around and see if anyone has any weird preference about how they sit down. It doesn't matter to me, though, like I said. But, you know, Andine here is the guest of honor, right? Miss O touches her collarbone. Who, me? So I suppose 
she would like to be seated to the right of the host. She's a classy lady. She notices that kind of thing. You nod dutifully. Okay. And let's talk to Miss O. Okay. Miss O raises a single finger and shuts you up before you can start talking. Just a moment, John, she says. Your associate needs me to cut off our conversation for a moment. I assume it's something important. She turns to you. Is this about the seating arrangement of the meal? I hadn't bothered to give it any thought. Hmm. She licks her lips. I suppose I don't have any strong preferences. I'd hate for any of my silly whims to contradict those of the other guests. But don't you think John should sit at the head of the table? I suppose that goes without saying. After all, you're our gracious host, aren't you? Miss O has directed this last sentence at John, apparently having decided she's wasted enough attention on you. You quietly step backward. Um, let's go back to the dinner room. Okay. The dining room. Uh, the sun is going down outside the western window. And a huge table set for six is aflame in the orange glow. An old portrait hangs on one wall watching the proceedings with creepy indifference. The kitchen is back north. The den is east from here. And the narrow door leads south to the foyer. Gary leans forward with both hands on the table, staring into the grain of the wood. Suddenly, you hear someone pounding on the front door with the force and frequency of a lumberjack chopping at a tree trunk. Gary almost jumps out of his skin. They're coming after me, he squeaks. You turn to answer the visitor, but through the narrow door, you see John jumping up to beat you to it. You listen carefully for who it might be, but you can only you can only barely hear John. Whoa, hello! Oh, that's a cold handshake. I didn't expect you. I mean, I didn't expect you this late. Everyone else is already here, but I should have foreseen you'd have trouble with transportation. Whatever, come on in. You hear a crunching sound. Wait for any key. Okay. It walks in through the narrow door, stooping its head, sending splinters flying from the frame. It lifts its head, it looks at you, and almost touches the ceiling. It looks at Gary. Gary falls to his knees. John grins. Let me introduce you. Peter, this is my friend Gary. Gary, this is Peter. You remember Peter? Peter whose daughter I boned? Gary whimpers. <laughs> John laughs. Anyway, he died, and this is a statue of him. He got up and walked here. Tell him why you're here, Pete. The statue rumbles. Uh, it's too bad. I don't know how to express this, but the statue's dialogue is in bold face instead of quotation marks. Okay. Because, because you invited, invited me. me. Yeah, I invited the statue to dinner and he showed up. John raises his hands in the air and smirks triumphantly. He is not nearly as bothered by this situation as he should be. Hmm. So examine Peter. Okay. You can't see any such thing. Let's examine the statue. Oh, examine the statue. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, It's the statue of Peter Ng from the cemetery. It is cut from granite. It is larger than life. It has no joints, but it moves. Its eyes are smooth without irises, but it blinks. Technically, John wasn't the one who invited it to the party. You were. John's eyes dart around the room. Oh, oh, look, the table is only set for six, and the place cards haven't been set. This is a disaster. This is inexcusable. He walks over to you and takes a sack of cards from out of your hands. He turns toward Peter and grins. These are pointless, he announces, and he starts ripping apart the cards. People can sit where they want. I'll have Chucky put out a new setting. Yes, but for now, he turns to you and pulls a key from out of his pocket. There is a case of wine downstairs, which I have been saving for just this kind of occasion. You like wine, right, Pete? The statue seems to be trying to furrow its brow. I I am am no longer longer one of... of Nonsense! You trying to insult my hospitality? (laughs) John 
turns back and stares at you for a second, wiggling his eyebrows before pressing the key into your hand. Okay, so we have the key. Um, so then we... Uh, can we talk to Peter? Uh, or talk to statue? I hope so. It, and the you statue's last name is NG. Say. Oh. Yeah, his last name is NG. Ah. Wow. Okay. Um, so then let's go back to the kitchen. Okay. Um, da, 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 da. Chucky just stares with his one glass eye. Oh, who is Chucky? Uh, examine Chucky. He's the guy from before. Chucky's <laughs> teeth look like a cemetery built on some old marshland. His glass <laughs> eye is not the same color as his real eye, and he smells like a butchery, but he is a phenomenal cook. Supposedly, he used to be a chef in the White House. You'd like to find out more about that, but Ch- Chucky isn't the kind of guy who likes to talk to you. Okay, so talking to... Well, let's try talking to Chucky. Uh, yeah, we have to. <laughs> Chucky isn't big on conversation, even with his friends, you assume. Let's go to the cellar. Okay, I think that's down. Down. Down the stairs, yeah. Tunnel. Technically, this is more like an antechamber for the main cellar, but the room is longer than it is wide, and the ceiling is pretty low. <laughs> Besides a boarded-up rat hole, there's nothing to look at in here but the stairs up and stairs up and the infuriating door in the south. Okay, uh, let's uh, open the door with the key. Open door. The door does not budge. You must not have the right combination. Unlock door with key. That doesn't seem to be something you can unlock. Oh. Um, so does the door... Well, examine door. Okay. This thing is ridiculous. The corny combination lock on this door is supposed to keep intruders out of the cellar, protecting the most expensive wines and liquors. It costs thousands of dollars to commission and install. It is a stupid, gaudy piece of junk. There are three dials. You just turn a dial and it slides over to the next setting. Each dial has three settings. There are only 27 combinations. Any thief could go through all of them in just a few minutes. The left dial is marked with the astronomical symbols for Mercury, Venus, and Earth. It is currently pointing at Mercury. The center dial has the symbols for Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. It is pointing at Mars. The right dial has settings for Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Which I think was a planet when this game was... No, it wasn't. (laughs) The symbol for Pluto is the stupidest. It's just a combination of the letters P and L. The dial is currently set to Uranus. A simple padlock would have been so much more effective, so much simpler. I have to point out, um, the astronomical symbols on the door are in deference to Apollo Apollo 18's, the album, it's status as celebrating International Space Year. Ooh. And in the video for The Statue Got Me High, there is a bunch of planet imagery. And you can look it up and see it. That video was banned in the United Kingdom, I believe, because it depicts a man on fire, which is banned from UK airwaves. I did not know that. I did know that the original astrological symbol for Pluto was a lot cooler. Uh, what was it? I think it was um, like a cross, you know, as in Neptune and Venus. Not Am I thinking? Yeah, Neptune and Venus, except it was like a cup with a ball in it. Oh, okay. Am I thinking of Pluto? Um, that sounds familiar. Yeah. That sounds like the symbol for antimony, though. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, you guys keep playing. I'm going to look that up. Well, okay. now I'm, I'm like, why would Pluto even have a symbol? Because like, how do they use that? In a, can they? Can you see Pluto? You can't see Pluto, can you? Well, when could you... It, uh, could astrologers you... see Pluto? Oh. <laughs> so astrologers <laughs> probably... Um, I think some astrologers do care about Pluto and some don't. But um, the uh, they needed a symbol because um, they... Uh, they they had symbols for all the other planets, and when you're like, when serious like astronomers, not that astrologers aren't serious, uh, but when astronomers need to make charts, they it was useful to have a shorthand for Pluto, just like they have a shorthand for all the other planets. I found out I found out about Pluto and antimony. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference they are otherwise completely identical, except um. Antimony, like the the ends of the cup, bow out <laughs> as though it were some kind of uh, trident. Yeah, and then um, Pluto's is just a semicircle. That's dumb. <laughs> is it? Um, it is. It's uh, it's better than. Oh, maybe it's not better than. Um, because P and L stuck together is pretty stupid. No, that's real stupid. That's terrible. It's definitely better than that. I thought that I had um, descriptions for all of the symbols in this game, mm. but I don't. Um, so um, we're here with this door, and it's got dials on it. And yeah. The dials are planets, and uh, you should watch the video for this statue got me high. Okay. And, uh, so... Um... Let's examine the key. Okay. This key is supposed to unlock the wine cellar. <laughs> it is useless. The fiddly bit at the end is it says fiddly piece. But <laughs> I said bit. At the end is too big to fit in any keyhole. The flat piece at the other end is engraved with three symbols. A female sign, a circle with a cross sticking out of it. A curvy number four. And a little devil's trident. They are the astronomical symbols for Venus, Jupiter, and Neptune. In that order, Venus, Jupiter, Neptune. So let's uh, let's set the left dial to Venus. Set left to Venus. You turn the left dial until it points at the symbol for Venus. Let's turn the center dial to Jupiter. Okay. This is a tough one. And yeah, let's, okay. let's send, set the uh, right dial to... Neptune. All right. You turn the right dial to until it points at the symbol for Neptune. You hear a scream upstairs. Someone must have just been in, introduced to Peter. Can we open the door? Let's open door. The door swings open. Ah. South. South. Okay. Wine cellar. John only buys the most expensive wines and spirits he can find. In the eyes of his friends, anyway, that makes him a connoisseur. This room isn't packed to the brim, but what it does contain is worth defending. A sickly red and yellow bottle lying on its side in the corner would seem to be the exception. Nearby is a crate of a particular wine, which John apparently thinks is worth saving for a special occasion. A crowbar leans against the wall. Well, let's get the crowbar. That's always the correct answer. <laughs> it's a crowbar, but you take it. Let's uh, let's look at the sickly bottle. 
What is this swill doing here? How did it get past the security system? It probably belongs to Chucky. Well, let's take that. Okay. You drop the crowbar so you can carry the repellent bottle. Oh, okay. Well, then let's take the crowbar again. You happily discard your bottle so as to carry the crowbar with both hands. It's a crowbar. Let's, uh, so can we open the crate? You give the top of a crate a tug. It is nailed down. You can't open this crate with your bare hands and leave with your fingernails intact. Let's open it with the crowbar. (laughs) You stick the end of the crowbar under the lip of the crate and begin redistributing some force. You hear a crunching sound. The dining room is right above you. That must be the statue moving around. The back of your neck tingles. It did nod at you back in the cemetery. How long has it been alive? Is it alive? Your leveraging efforts are rewarded. The nail in one corner of the lid pops up. Three to go. Uh, Open the crate with the crowbar again. You reposition yourself and stick the crowbar under the lid again. From upstairs, a shriek so shrill it could be steel rasping against glass or a scream or you don't know what. You should go up and make sure nobody's hurt. But then you hear laughter. They're fine. A little more force and the second nail comes out. Uh, open the crate with the third crowbar, or the, you know what I mean, open. <laughs> sure. I'm just hoping, I don't, cro- yeah. I'm worried everybody's yeah. going to be dead when I get upstairs. I wouldn't do that to you. Should I be going up and killing people with the crowbar? That's what I don't <laughs> Gordon, you wedge in the crowbar again to tackle the third nail. Now you hear a low scraping, a scraping that can only be someone dragging those heavy dining room chairs over those gorgeous hardwood floors. Your lips twist in rage. You look at the nail and imagine it is Ivan's head. It slides out of the crate with a pop. Just one more. Well, let's open the crate. Uh, But I'm worried about what's going on upstairs. The last one should be easy. You slide in the crowbar. Suddenly, the party upstairs is silent. No. Suddenly... It had been silent for a few seconds before you noticed anything. Or maybe it's not silent. You can hear something rustling. Or is that just people talking? You strain to listen, but then all you can hear is your own heartbeat. The last nail slides out, and the whole lid slides away. You drop your crowbar and pull out a bottle. Examine uh, that bottle. Uh, The bottle of Prévenge. You had the pleasure of experiencing Prévenge at the same tasting where John decided he had to buy several crates. It's nothing special. Huh. Uh, so we, uh, let's drop the crowbar. Oh, we dropped it. Okay. Because uh, you can't carry a bottle of wine into crowbar at the same time. Sure. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> can we Does carry, your can protagonist we... secretly only have one arm like my protagonist secretly only has one arm? <laughs> Ooh. Maybe that was the secret theme of Apollo 18 plus 20. I bet it was. Hmm. 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 So, can we pick up both? Can I pick up the other bottle? The uh, take sw- bottle. The bottle of Thunderbird. Oh, you okay. cannot gracefully carry two bottle wine bottles at once. You drop the other <laughs> bottle first, then scoop up the disgusting one. Uh, let's take the. Well, let's take the Provence. Okay. I have a feeling I'm going to have to come back for the Thunderbird, but we'll see. Uh, take bottle of Provence. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. So uh, are we going back? Going back up. Okay. Uh, the tunnel up. Kitchen. Where's Chucky? 
It looks like he left in a hurry. There seems to be something happening down in the dining room. Let's go to the dining room. Dining room. Everything is on fire. The (laughs) the floor is burning, and the walls are burning, and the table looks like a big bonfire. All the settings are twinkling in the light of the flames. The room is rapidly filling with smoke. Captain Miles seems to be nursing one of his migraines. Miss Idai is sitting on the floor, staring into the blaze of the table. I've had enough of this attitude. Um... So, okay, so... So where is where is Peter in all this? Um, he's not there, right? Could he's I, not there. No. Should I go to the uh, den? Uh, if you want. Yeah, let's go to the den. You're, you're going to miss stuff if you don't talk to these people. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll talk to the. Let's talk to the. Uh, let's okay. talk to uh, that woman. Okay, talk to either. I hate to boss you around. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hope looks up at you and begins pulling off one of her legs. I've been informed that I should feel some remorse over my opinions on the Asian race, she says. (laughs) She throws her leg onto the burning table and begins removing one of her arms. If all I have to do is apologize, then I apologize there. She tosses the arm into the flames and gets to work pulling off the other arm. Her expression changes. She glares at you as if in warning. I am being compelled to apologize against my will. None of this is sincere. I'm just acting this out to make him happy. She jerks her head backward toward the narrow door. I don't know how he's doing it. They're crafty that way. But why am I going on like this? She throws the other arm and leg onto the fire glumly. There's not much I can do about it now. She throws the rest of herself onto the fire, and in an instant, the heat shrivels her like a plastic bag. Don't think for a minute you're getting away with anything. (laughs) Okay. uh, Well, we won't talk to her again. Uh, (laughs) So, and who else is in this room? Um, Uh... The captain. Let's talk to the captain, Captain Miles. Miles looks at you through his fingers, still rubbing his head. Oh, there you are, he says. His fingers are skeleton bones instead of fingers. I'm supposed to say something, so I'll say it to you. The thing I'm supposed to say is I'm sorry. Now the skin and muscle is gone from his face. Not sure what I'm supposed to be sorry about. It's really hot in here and it's hard to think. Maybe I'm supposed to be sorry about hope, you know. His face comes back for a second so he can squint in frustration. That's a complicated thing to be sorry for. But the other stuff I did, I don't want to admit to doing, so I'll go with that. He nods his skull a couple times, then his skeleton falls apart and burns up. This is serious. Do you think I'm kidding? (laughs) Okay, is that the only two people that were in the room? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Then let's go into the den. All right. The fire has already spread through here. It's climbing up the sides of the pool table in the credenza. The elephant foot umbrella stand is here. The elephant foot <laughs> umbrella stand was in the foyer that we didn't get to before. But oh, now okay. it's here. <laughs> Miss, okay. o lurches o- Miss O lurches away from everything she approaches, like the wrong end of a magnet. Ivan is leaning on a bar stool, apparently standing only with great effort. This is serious. Do you think I'm kidding? It says that again. Let's talk. So, is that somebody saying that? Is that who's saying that? I don't know what that is. It's, it's like in italics. Dis- oh, it's, it's, it's like a it's like a disembodied voice. Okay. Uh, when, we're, when we're done, I'll tell you what it is. But right okay. Now. So let's deal with. Let's talk to Miss O. Miss O hobbles over to you as fast as she can. I'm sorry. She gasps. I'm sorry. She reaches to touch your face, but her arm suddenly swings wildly. It is made of wood. You can see the veins of the grain working their way up to her head. 
I think this might be ironic, she rasps. But now her head is made of wood, and now she's on fire, and now she is a pile of ashes. Do you really need me to tell you this? Uh, let's talk to the other guy. Ivan. Ivan. Ivan Worms. Worms. The doctor wobbles, then topples. He managed to save save himself by falling backward on the pool table. I am having an epiphany. Right now, I am realizing that I am basically a drug dealer, he says. Because I never stop hooking these people up with their pills. I mean addicts. They're not people. They're addicts. His spine falls out of his back and he flops onto the floor. His eyes widen. He has had another epiphany. That was a terrible thing to say, he gurgles. I'm sorry. He tries to curl up in a fetal position against a leg of the table, but the table rears back in disgust and stomps him out like an insect. You're not listening. You're not listening. I think that was actually, you're not listening. You're not listening. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's, so they're not actually, they haven't actually died, right? They're still animate. They are gone. They are gone. Oh, they're both gone. Okay. So now let's go to the den. Or not the den, the, uh, the parlor. The parlor. The couch and chair are being rapidly consumed by flames. The rug is almost gone. You can hear people yelling in the foyer to the west. Gary lies on the coffee table, his eyes closed, his feet hanging off the end awkwardly. This is serious. Do you think I'm kidding? Have we seen that one already? Yeah, it is. We've seen that one three times. Good grief. Let's talk to Gary. All right. I did something bad, he murmurs, without opening his eyes. I took something that didn't belong to me. He grimaces. I stole from my office. I stole a chair. You roll your eyes. But I don't deserve a chair. Even the electric chair is too good for me. The statue has come. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The statue has come to punish me, and I'll wait for him. He, I'll wait here for him to do what he will. After he gets done with John, he takes a deep breath. Messenger Pete's. I did something bad. I did, took something that didn't belong to me. Oh, for Pete's sake! You do not talk to me that way. Let's go to the uh, foyer. Okay. You've almost escaped. The front door is to the south. John is sitting in one of the high-backed chairs. The one next to him is empty. The statue is here. The wall clock is on the floor, shattered. The statue rumbles, repent. John sighs in exasperation. I already told you, man. I'm sorry for murdering you. I mean, killing you. In self-defense. It was a wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Repent, Repent. roars the statue, and a wave of heat rolls out of it like a sonic boom. No, I said already, already I told you this. I cannot apologize for screwing your daughter. I have to be true to myself, man. But you must, must. the statue attempts, but John is on a roll. And what myself is, is a lover of ladies. You can't take that away from me. And I can't apologize for that. I mean, I can, but I'm not gonna. (laughs) (laughs) The statue creaks. It turns toward you. You have to press any key, and then it says, you. It points at the chair next to John. It is your, your turn. turn. Sit. Sit. Join, Join your, your master. master. Oh, hey. Now John notices you. Look, this guy wants to, us to apologize for all the terrible stuff we did. I don't know if it's a religious thing or if he's just angsty about being dead or what. Anyway, we're going to burn to death, so... Sit, 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 insists the statue. Do you really need me to tell you this? Uh, sit. Sit. What do you want to sit on the empty chair sit on chair you sit down next to john the statue looks at you the flames rise 
John leans back and smiles. His body turns into a pile of ashes. Then yours does too, then the chairs, then the rest of the house. Everything is gone, except the statue. Well, huh. Would you like to restart, restore a save game, quit, or undo the last command? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, undo? Okay. Undo. Undone. Let's talk to the statue. Can we talk to the statue? Yeah. You can't think of anything to say. <laughs> Good grief. Can we talk to sit John? And, oh, wait, there's more text. Oh. Um, sit, sit and, and repent. repent. The statue seems to want to throw you bodily into the chair. Come on, cries John. Let's get this over with. If that's what you really think, then you need a lobotomy. Uh, can we attack the statue? I don't think violence yeah. is going to be the answer to this, but we'll see. <laughs> violence begets violence begets violence, etc., etc., etc. The statue and John both regard you expectantly. The fire is spreading. Would you stop that? There are people watching. Um, A lot of the um, like default messages and things that don't really matter have been changed to reflect the new situation, but uh, I don't remember what any of them are. Okay. Um, can we... We can't exit the room? Uh, we... Let's see. I think there's, um, the narrow door to the north is on fire. We can't get through there. Okay. East is the parlor, and south is the front door. What about south? South. You, as you open the door, cool night air rushes in from outside. You run out across the lawn. You fall on your face in the grass before you reach the street, but you're safe. It's dark out here and cold, and the guests and John and the statue are all behind you. You lie in the gas grass. You lie in the grass and breathe in huge gulps as the screaming fire engine sirens fill the air. You have escaped. Would you like to restart, restore, or quit? Did I win? Is that a win? Did I win? I think you won. You survived. I survived. So do we get to do anything with the bottles of liquid, or is that a a red Uh, herring? uh, You can... uh, Let's show the... uh, Show bottle... To John. Okay. You got the wine! John's face lights up. <laughs> You're a saint. Go ahead and open it. Pour a glass for... Oh, actually, let's wait. It looks like we're going to die in a fire before we get a chance to enjoy it. <laughs> uh, if you bring the other wine, he says something else. Ah. Oh, man. Oh, I figured cool. out... I figured out how to do your little sequence-breaking Easter egg, but now I can't remember how it went down. Um... So if you go if you go at the beginning, can you put the cl- place cards and solve the puzzle? Or um, let's talk about that. Miss <laughs> Idai wants to sit on the left. Yeah. Okay. Mister Doctor Worm doesn't want to sit uh, next to any woman. Right. John has to sit at the head of the table. Right. And Miss um, uh, uh, Miss O on Dean. Has to sit at his right. That means that um, at both places, no matter what you call the head of the table, um, John is at, John is at one end and Andine is at his right, which is the left end of that side. That means that Idai has to sit at the left side on the other side. Right. Now we know that Mister um, uh, the Capum doesn't want to sit facing the. Uh, window 
Yeah. Or, yeah. So that means we have to put him on the west side. Right. And John at the east side. Uh, Miss O at his right. And Withered Hope in uh, the uh, southwest. Ah, Withered okay. Hope. Okay. Right. Um, Gary doesn't want to sit facing the, the uh, portrait. So he has to sit on the north side. The only place that's left is next to Withered Hope where... <laughs> Dr. Worm can't sit next to Withered Hope, so there is no solution. Ah. However, if you brought in an additional male person, you could make it work by adding another plate on one side or the other, and everyone would be satisfied. So actually, it's a good thing that the statue showed up, because he makes the puzzle solvable. Ah. <laughs> and yeah, um, if only you were a good guest. Um, we, this has been so short. This is only 56 minutes before editing. So, oh, um, wow. we should try to get the, uh, the secret ending. Yeah, we should. Oh, there's a secret ending? Yes. It is a secret, though. But oh. we're going to find out what it is. Uh, Jenny, why don't you explain the, as best you can what it is, and maybe Jeremy can figure it out. Okay, I'm trying to remember. I think uh, I think that what I tried to do was go immediately into the cellar okay. and retrieve some wine. So if we go uh, down, oh, Chucky insists on taking, uh, making us take the cards. So we're going to take the cards. Okay, we'll take his stupid cards. We'll go down. Now we're in the tunnel. Um, Chucky, by the way, is from the song Cyclops Rock. Okay. Hmm. Um, and uh, the uh, door is here. Okay. There's also a boarded up rat hole. Mm. Oh, hey. Um, but uh, so if we try, we're just going to try the same combination. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, same combination. Okay. Venus, Jupiter, Neptune, open door. The door swings open. Okay. South. So we get in here. Take the crowbar. Take the crowbar. It's a crowbar, but you take it. While I'm being super self-indulgent, I think this joke is hilarious. Okay. In Curses, when you pick up the wrench, it says, it's a wrench, but you take it. (laughs) And um, this is a pun on some meaning of wrench that does not exist in my... Oh, right. Oh, it's a wrench. Wow, that was so so bad of an English accent, it was indistinguishable from my normal voice. Yeah. Wait, I don't even wow. I don't even get it. I still don't get it. It's a wrench, but you take it. Like apparently yeah. it's like it's a wrench means this is really tough, I guess. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Graham Nelson writes in this and it's like it's this groundbreaking joke, I guess, because now you can have a special <laughs> message when you pick up a particular thing. Ah. Because uh, it's that's, curses. That's a really good joke now that you've explained it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it's it's great. But like for and I I played through a lot of curses like <laughs> in very formative IF time right mm-hmm. so this is where I'm getting most of my ideas about what IF should be uh, which is that's why I believe that curses is the perfect game and but I never got this joke so um, when it says it's a crowbar but you take it it, it is to me the funniest sentence <laughs> yeah. um. But, uh, okay, uh, open box with crowbar. 
again. And there are no spooky messages. It's just messages about opening the thing. Mm-hmm. And you pull out a bottle. Okay. Can we pick the crowbar back up and go check out that rat hole, actually? Yeah, let's do yeah. that. Open board. Uh, you couldn't pull out the board with your bare hands, assuming you wanted to in the first place. Open board with crowbar. The board falls away easily, and to your su- surprise, you find a rat sitting on the other side. It looks up at you guiltily. Sorry, man, it, or he, says. I heard about what's about to go down, and I just had to check it out for myself. But maybe I ought to... Uh, never mind. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. The rat scampers back into the hole, and you put the board back in its place. <laughs> okay, let's get that wine again. Take prévenge. Uh... And uh, go up and uh, into the dining room. Now when we go into the dining room, nothing happens. Because we haven't talked to everyone yet, which is how you make the statue show up. Okay. So, I gave it away. I'm telling you the walkthrough. Talk to (laughs) Gary. Gary has a bunch of demands. Talk to Miles. Miles has a bunch of demands. Talk to Ivan. Also, talk to Idai. Yes. Uh, South... Uh, talk to John. Talk to O. Um, if we go west, we're in the foyer. And, and uh, I'm going to read this because we missed it the first time. Right. The entrance to the house is somewhat cramped, apparently to allow more room in the parlor to the east. Some steep stairs lead up to the second floor, off limits tonight. Through a narrow door in the, to the north is the dining room, and the front door leads south and out of the house. A wall clock hangs silently over you. At the bottom of the stairs sits an elephant foot umbrella stand. Oh. Can we look at the stand? Yeah, let's do that. Because it's got a joke. Uh, (laughs) John is extremely proud of this extremely illegal conversation piece. He jokes with his lady guests that the rest of the elephant is alive and well. He's up in my bedroom, he says, and then he offers to take her upstairs to see. This works disturbingly well. That makes me wonder if he actually has an elephant up there, and then they have sex. Uh, uh, It says he jokes that the rest of the elephant is alive and well, but it's possible that the player character doesn't have direct evidence either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think the player character would know that. (laughs) Um, Oh, so now if we go north, uh, you end up in the dining room. Uh, John says, whoa, that's a cold handshake. I didn't expect you. I mean, I didn't expect you this late. Blah, blah, blah. You hear a crunching sound. Um, I invited the statue to dinner, and he showed up. Uh, he's not bothered by the situation as he should be. And now you have a prompt so you can enter a command. And, okay, so we have the bottle of wine now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we give the bottle to the statue? Oh, to statue. You can't think of anything to say. Oh. Great. But but John's eyes dart around the room. Oh, oh, look. The stable is only set for six, and the place cards haven't been set. This is a disaster. This is inexcusable. He walks over to you and takes a stack of cards out from your hands. Uh, he turns toward Peter and grins. These are pointless, he announces, and he starts ripping apart the cards. People can sit where they want. I'll have Chucky put out a new setting. Yes, but for now... He turns toward you and pulls a key out from his pocket. There is a case of wine downstairs, which I have been saving for just this kind of occasion. You like wine, right, Peter? Uh, The statue seems to be trying to furrow its brow. I am am no no longer longer one one of of 
Nonsense! You trying to insult my hospitality? He turns back to you and his eyes go wide. What have you got there? He takes the bottle of Prevange out of your hands. The statue leans in to look. Is that, that Prevange? Isn't, Isn't that stuff really, really expensive? expensive? <laughs> Heck yes, only the fanciest for my honored guest. John looks around for a corkscrew. Actually, no, hold on a second. So, you had the wine already before John gave you the key? You brute-forced the combination to the cellar door? You're not supposed to do that. You're messing up the plot of the game. Okay, I guess this statue loves the wine and everyone gets tipsy and the evening goes wonderfully. Hooray for you. (laughs) (laughs) This ending is (laughs) non-canon. The the end. (laughs) Oh, so you were going to explain what was up with those disembodied messages at the end. So um, while I was writing this, or while I was planning this, Mm. I don't know, um, I was uh, <laughs> in uh, in college in Iowa City. Um, I was at the old Capitol Mall. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, sad, sad little mall now. Oh, sad. Yeah. Well, it's gotten better actually. Oh, okay. Like since since uh, I've left, I think it was like it was dead in the water right. for a while. Um, but uh, now it has a Quiznos, <sighs> and Ooh. I ate there. Way too often, as we have touched on before in the previous podcast. Oh yeah! <laughs> and um, so I'm sitting there eating uh, an Italian. And You're eating an Italian. I and it, it yes, and I'm I I hear this woman out in the hall, out in the mall, and she's on her cell phone, and she's so angry at whoever she's talking to, and. Her side of the situation, at least, is nothing but yelling at this person and saying that everything they're saying is wrong and you're not listening, etc. And for me, all I'm hearing is the angriest sentences. And I'm like, this is really creepy. I was really uncomfortable. And I thought, I can make the player of this game uncomfortable <laughs> by copying and pasting <laughs> the things that this woman said. Well, it worked. I, I I like to think so. I mean, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah. So, uh, thank you guys for playing the game. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Thanks for thanks for writing the game. Oh, yeah. And uh, thanks to the uh, listeners for listening. Thanks, listeners. Thank you, listeners. Um, we have. Uh, I guess this podcast is called Clash of the Typins. The Twitter account is at type underscore ins no is it type uh, is it underscore or dash i can't remember anymore i think it's oh crap it's underscore i think it's underscore because twitter doesn't do hyphens yeah yeah we knew that but we did I, know that i second guess myself i thought <gasps> I maybe, maybe twitter doesn't under- allow underscores why yeah. would we want it to be an underscore it, it's supposed to be a hyphen anyway yeah um the facebook is uh, facebook.com slash clash of the type ends and the URL is rcveter.net slash clash. So I hope you know how to spell my last name. 